0: (laughs) When you ask the the youth to do something, you never know what you're going to get. It's really, really exciting. Love it. Love our kids, love our youth being able to be involved in things this morning. Uh, But this morning, we're just so grateful you are here for Christmas at Zoe as we continue in this season. Hopefully, if you weren't here last week, remember, it's kind of a retro Christmas is the kind of the vibe this year. We kind of got some 60s vibe out in the lobby. Make sure you go get a picture. Uh, Enjoy the time together here this year. Um, But beyond the fun that we're going to have this month, I said this last week, our goal is every single week that we get ourselves focused on what matters. Because you're doing all the fun stuff all you know you're busy we got the parties we got all that stuff but our hope is every week when we gather we get our eyes on what matters most that we don't miss the point of this whole season uh, and, uh, and so we're just so grateful you're able to be here with us But as I share it, every week we're going to do a little something real retro And so I'm going to invite you to stand with me cross the room Everybody stand with me uh, Each week we're going to do nothing There's nothing more retro than just singing an old-fashioned carol together Okay, and so we're going to sing together again For those that know Angels, we have heard on high Would you sing it out with me? Sing
1: Angels, we have heard on high Sweetly sing play. Shall see, stay, in way to go. Give yourself a hand. Thanks for singing. Would you stay
0: standing? And uh, grab your Bibles as we're going to turn into our text this morning. Grab your Bibles, turn to Matthew chapter 15. Matthew chapter 15, if this is your first time with us. Uh, This is a tradition we have every week. When we read our our opening text, we stand together as a way to say, God, we care more about what you say than what I have to say. Matthew chapter 15, beginning in verse number 10. We're going to read a few verses together. It says this. Jesus called the crowd to him and said, listen and understand. What goes into someone's mouth does not defile them, but what comes out of their mouth, that is what defiles them. Then the disciples came to him and asked, do you know that the Pharisees were offended when they heard this? He replied, every plant that my heavenly father has not planted will be pulled up by the roots. Leave them. They are blind guides. If the blind lead the blind, both will fall into a pit. Some of you are like, that's a weird text to read at Christmas, Greg. (laughs) You're going to understand it in a moment. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you do want to speak to us today, God. And so we open our ears, we open our hearts, we focus our minds because this matters. And so, God, would you speak to us today? We pray in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen, amen. You may be seated. Now, uh, where are my dessert people at? Where are my sweet people with the sweet tooth? Where are you at? There you are, okay. Uh, yeah, I love it, love it, love it. All right, here's what I want you I want you to turn to your neighbor. I want you to tell them, what is your favorite dessert or cookie at Christmas time? What's your favorite dessert or cookie at Christmas time? Turn to your neighbor. If you, don't, if you don't know me, I like food and I really, really like dessert, okay. All right, I absolutely love dessert. But when it comes to Christmas, my favorite thing is the cookies, okay. How many of you like Christmas cookies? All right, so we got some cookies here. How many of you like the, just the classic sugar cookie with the frosting on it? How many of you like those kind of cookies? Okay, another one that I like is I like chocolate chip, like special, like Christmas chocolate chip cookies, right, you get the M&M ones. My, my, my wife makes ones where she puts white chocolates in them and then like crumbles like candy cane in the cookie, amazing cookies, okay. There's another one, how many like these ones, the peanut butter things? I, I knew this one would be a favorite, right, these things are Sometimes you put Reese's in them, put other things, but I have one issue with cookies at Christmas and it's these guys, the next one, Okay. I mean, they're cute and all, gingerbread cookies, but how many agree they're not actually good cookies, okay? I don't like it. Like, we can just pass. Next, okay? Okay, whatever. I'm stepping on toes this morning. That's fine. Whatever. I don't like them, okay? But, but I, can't, I can't give away, uh, I can't, you know, show cookies without giving some cookies away. I didn't, make, I didn't make any cookies this morning, but I brought my favorite, my new favorite cookie. How many have ever been to Crumble Cookies? Okay. Okay. These are amazing, okay. So who, who would really like this? We, here we go, Amber, I need your help. Right back, about six rows back, all right. Keep your hand raised, you get it, there, there you go. Awesome. All right, you are allowed to, there's a, there's a whole four for you. You can all eat a cookie, okay, while that is going on. I would eat it if it was me, okay. All right, so I, I, you know, I love cookies, I don't make cookies, I don't do a whole lot in a kitchen um, because I'm fairly clueless in a kitchen. Can anybody relate to me on that one, Okay. Amber said amen on the front row, she's right. I'm a little clueless in the kitchen, you know. Like uh, my wife, she's a good cook. Uh, Her mother is like one of these like magicians where like she walks in and she's like, let's just see what we have in the cupboard and we'll grab six random ingredients and suddenly have something amazing, right? Does anybody know like that? Like how did you make that? Like you didn't even know, there was no recipe. How did you do that? Like the only thing I know how to make is pancakes and I can make pancakes because in the seventh grade home ec class, they taught us how to make pancakes. (laughs) And I've always been able to make pancakes. It's amazing, okay? So I I didn't make any of the things this morning because if you're looking for guidance in a kitchen, you you just don't look at me. I don't know what I'm doing. You need to find somebody who actually knows what they're doing. You need to follow somebody who can lead you the right way. And this isn't just true in a kitchen, okay? This is true for life. The question that we have, though, is who are we supposed to follow? Who knows the right way? The passage that we just read, Jesus is actually talking to his disciples. If you go back and read the whole chapter, he's talking to his disciples. There's there's some Pharisees that are listening into this conversation, right? And because like most good Jews, they were accustomed to following the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, right? That's what a good Jew would do. The Pharisees and the teachers, they're the ones who know it. Like they know what you're supposed to do. And so all the good Jews would listen to them and say, that's what we should do. Let's listen to what their teaching is, how we should go. And Jesus comes to his disciples and he says something that probably was shocking to them. He's like, listen, those spiritual leaders that everybody tells you you should follow, the ones you should listen to, the ones who supposedly know what they're doing, guess what? They're blind guides. They have no idea where they're going. Don't follow them. And he goes even further to say this, if the blind lead the blind, what is Jesus saying? Listen, y'all are blind. But if you as blind people are listening to blind guides, guess what? You'll all fall in a pit. You're all going to end up going the wrong direction. And I think we all get it. It makes total sense when we do this, right? But I think that Jesus' comments that he's given specifically to his disciples To confront these Pharisees. I think that Jesus' words relate to us today even more than ever before. Because the reality is there are blind guides all over the place. That are looking to lead and to guide, you know. Think about the world that we live in. We talked about it last week. If you missed last week. We talked about the fact that our world can feel like it's in chaos at times. Your world can feel like it's in chaos sometimes. Like, and, and we're all... In these positions where we're just wondering where to go, what to do, it can feel overwhelming. And while people may act like they know what they're doing, many of them are simply blind guides leading us in the wrong direction. In our world, everybody's got an opinion. I mean, no, that's true. Everybody's got an opinion. And the joy of social media is they think you want to hear about it. Right? We've all got that one friend, don't we? That one friend that we're mildly embarrassed by everything they say on social media, <laughs> can you just shut up, please? <laughs> Could you pl- no, everybody doesn't want to hear what you have to say. You know, This is the world that we live in. We all think we've got this important opinion and, and that everybody needs to hear this. Everyone's got an opinion, but I would say this. In our world, very few actually have any wisdom. Very few have wisdom. They're just blind guides. And there's a passage I want to take us to this morning that I think has something to say about this. Last week we looked at Isaiah chapter 9. And there was a bunch of uh, things that, that was spoken in that as there was this prophecy about this one who was to come. Remember the prophecy, there would be this one, this child that we would be born. And it goes on to say this child would be king, the ruler, the reign, the one who is in control of all things. And it described what this king would be like, what this Jesus would be like. And it says, number one, he would be wonderful counselor, which means what? What? He's wise. This Jesus is wise. There is something in him that you can understand. That he also said he would be mighty God, right? That he is powerful. Went on to say he's everlasting father. What does that mean? That he's caring. He cares for you. He cares for me. And lastly, it said that he would be prince of peace. But just before what we just read, just before that passage from last week, it says something in in chapter 8 of Isaiah. And it says this in verse 19. It says, when someone tells you, to consult mediums and spiritists who whisper and mutter, should not a people inquire of their God? Why consult the dead on behalf of the living? Now what in the world does this mean? See, here's what's going on. Isaiah's bringing this prophecy to the people of God. And he's telling them, hey, there's this day coming, this day when this Jesus will come, this amazing, mighty God, everlasting God, this, this day will come. But right now what's going on? You people are confused. You're lost, you're in the dark, but rather than coming to me, what do you keep doing? You're going to mediums and spiritists. You're seeking out wisdom in all the wrong places. Now, we would say, okay, well, how does that apply to us? I'm like, Greg, I don't go to mediums and spiritists. That's a good thing, okay? But we also go to other places than God to get wisdom, don't we? We look for guidance in other places. Where do we look for direction? The first place we look is in culture, don't we? See, this is the problem. The, the problem with this one is you don't even know. You're going, you're like, I don't go to culture for wisdom. <laughs> How many of you like bacon? Anybody like bacon? <laughs> yeah, bacon's amazing. Okay. Bacon's good on everything, isn't it? Love bacon. Okay. But if you've ever cooked bacon in your house, what happens? Your house smells. Okay. Stinks like bacon in the house. Okay. Here's the issue, though. Two or three hours later when you've been in that house... You forget that it smells. You don't realize it. And then somebody walks in the house and is like, oh, it reeks like bacon. You're like, no, it doesn't. Why? Because you've become numb to the smell. You did not even realize it anymore. Had no idea that it smelled like bacon in the house. See, this is what happens to us when it comes to culture. Do we seek wisdom from culture? Do we seek guidance from culture? Maybe not. You have no idea that you've become numb to the fact that it's guiding you, that it's leading you, Right? The crowd is a strong force and not just for the teenagers. Us adults, the crowd can be a strong force in our life. What everybody's doing, the way everybody else is going, we are constantly being influenced. The movies you watch are influencing you. The music you listen to, the TV shows you watch, right? It's determining, it's directing your life. The social media that you pay attention to is directing your life in different ways. And we say it's the wide gate. Remember Jesus said there's a wide gate and a narrow gate. This one of culture is the wide gate. We're like, well, this is where everybody's going. It's the natural. It's the default of our lives. This is the direction that we head. And that direction leads us to destruction. That's what Jesus says. Okay, but there's this culture one. We don't even go to this one. But there's other forces. There are other places that you and I probably go to looking intentionally for direction. Sometimes it's relationships, right? You got people in your life. Maybe it's a... Parent, maybe it's a mentor, maybe it's a friend you go to, and you're seeking out direction. You're seeking out wisdom, right, from those kind of things. There's other places that we go and we look, places like news, okay? Some of us, the greatest guidance in your life comes from Fox News or CNN or MSNBC, right? You spend all day watching the news, and it's like, oh yeah, you're getting angry, you're getting affected, you're getting directed by those words more than anything else. You're like, God, your word guides me, but I spend 10 hours a day. Listen to the news, and that's the thing that actually directs my life, okay? There's another place, though. It's personalities. It's personalities. Maybe it's just some celebrities that you pay attention to. Maybe it's stars that you listen to. Uh, Maybe there's some experts. Maybe it's a podcaster you listen to, some radio channel that you listen to. Or maybe it's a political leader in your life. And you say, you know what? Whatever that person says, I go with that. I trust them. I believe whatever they say. We get direction from other places. And if we, and there's one other thing that some of you are like, I don't know that this is, Greg, why would you say this? Spiritual leaders, we get direction. Isn't that a good thing always, Greg? Shouldn't we go to spiritual leaders? You should. So long as spiritual leaders are pointing you to Christ. Okay? I'll tell you this. If there's ever a moment where what's being said on this stage is not pointing you to Christ, stop listening. Go find somewhere else. Okay, why do we get up and stand? For, because God's word matters way more than what I have to say. And I only bring this up because there are, there are famous spiritual leaders out there that maybe at one point in time they were constantly pointing people to scripture. But suddenly they began to believe their own press and think that they're amazing. And suddenly the things that they're speaking are more sound like man's wisdom than God's wisdom. But we keep listening to them. But Well, they're a spiritual leader. No, no, no. If someone is not leading you to Christ and his word, you need to find somebody else to listen to, okay? And if none of these are the ones that you are guided by, the last one is this, you. <laughs> you. I'm the one that guides what I think, what I think's best, what I've determined, what I believe. And in some ways, it's not even what I believe. Sometimes it's my addiction is what guides my life. The strongholds, the things I haven't dealt with from my past are the things that guide my life. My fears guide my life. My anger guides my life. Those are the things that actually dictate where I head in my life. There's all these different things. And and Jesus is just simply saying, every one of these can be a blind guide in your life, leading you the wrong way. And even worse than that, some of these are actually evil guides that are intentionally trying to take you the wrong direction. Okay. And so Isaiah tells us what happens when we keep following these guides. It results in darkness, in distress, in hunger, in anger. And it says this in Isaiah 8, verse 22. It says this, Then they will look toward the earth and see only distress and darkness and fearful gloom, and they will be thrust into utter darkness. This is the world that we live in. Isn't it? The world that we live in, filled with people bumping around in the darkness, trying to figure things out on their own, right? Looking in all the wrong places, and it's only getting darker. I'm only 40 years old. Now, some of you think only 40 years old, and some of you young people are like, you're so old, right? It's all perspective, everyone, okay? Okay, I'm only 40 years old, and the world that my kids are being raised in is vastly different than the world I was raised in, Right? And and I don't know, I mean, the, the, the world's been dark as long as, you know, sin has been around, but it feels like it's growing darker and darker. But the good news that Isaiah comes to bring, that it's into that darkness that God speaks a promise. It's in the midst of all of this garbage, the gloom and the distress. That's where the promise comes. And it says this in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 2. It says this, The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given. That is where the the hope comes. It comes in the midst of... Of the darkness. And so Isaiah is foretelling, he's prophesying of a day when a light will pierce the darkness of our world and speak a new direction for us. And it's this context, I just gave you context for the last five minutes. It's this context of what Isaiah is prophesying of what will come that the apostle John speaks to. I talked about this last week. The Apostle John, you remember who John is. John was a guy who was a follower of Jesus. He was a disciple. He followed Jesus for three years. He watched the miracles. He saw all the amazing things that Jesus did, right, over and over and over. He was amazed. He believed this was the Messiah. He believed this was the eternal king, and then he saw him dead on a tree, and he went hiding. He's like, maybe I was wrong. But on the third day, Jesus raised Right, And and John saw a resurrected Jesus and that transformed him where for the next the rest of his life, for decades to come, John went around proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ. This king who had come back to life, he proclaimed it to the end of the world. And when John got to the end of his life, he sat down to write a gospel. He sat down to write an account of Jesus' life. And when he began that account, he didn't start, I said last week, he didn't start it with shepherds and Mary and Joseph in a manger. He started started this way in John chapter 1 verse 1 where it says this In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God He was with God in the beginning through him all things were made without him nothing was made that has been made What is he saying here this Jesus is king He is the eternal God he is the divine eternal king, but he goes on from there and says this in verse number four, in him, in Jesus was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. Jesus is not only king, he is the light. And what does that actually mean for us? Like, what does that mean to us? It means this, that in the midst of a world where it's the blind leading the blind, in the midst of a world where everybody is confused and there's chaos around, it's full of darkness, Jesus has come to be the light that guides us into all hope and truth. He is the one we desperately need to look to, and he's the one we need to allow ourselves to be guided by. Okay? This is how Jesus says it. About himself. In John chapter 14. Just a few chapters after this. John 14 verse 6. Jesus says this. Jesus answered. I am the way. The truth. Now go back please. Thank you. Oh, back, Back. There we go. I am the way. The truth. And the life. No one comes to the father. Except through me. Right? This is his declaration. Him saying listen. I'm the way. I'm the light. Like if you're looking for light and darkness, that's me. He's pointing at himself. He says, I am the way. What does that mean? He didn't say, I am a way. He said, I am the way. Because there's lots of ways out there. Follow your own path. Go make your own path. Do whatever. You know, all the ways. It doesn't matter. Lots of ways to get to Jesus, lots of ways to get to heaven, lots of ways. There's all these ways out there. A lot of people like to say that Jesus is one of many, right? No, Jesus said, you don't have that option. It's me or everything else. He said, I am the way. He goes on and he says this, I am the truth. And this is the one that meddles with our culture more than anything else, doesn't it? Because in our culture, there is no such thing as truth. There is no objective truth, right? Right. You got your truth, I got my truth, everybody, just believe your own truth. Hey, if it's true for you, that's all that matters. And Jesus says, nope, that's not actually the case. He said, I am the truth. If you want to know what truth is, look to me. You want to know what I have to say about something, that's called the truth. Pick any topic, any sphere, anything in life, you look to me. I've spoken truth to that. My, My presence, my divine quality is a representation of what truth truly is says, I am the way, I am the truth, and lastly, I am the life. How many know what that word life is? Zoe. He says, I am the Zoe. You want to experience the abundant, overflowing, overwhelming life? Listen, it ain't going to happen in another relationship. It's not going to happen by buying another thing because it will make you all happy. Going on another vacation, that new job opportunity, none of those things. It's only found in me. You want the life, Zoe, a life that I have intended for you. It is found only in me. Jesus makes it clear what his purpose is. He is the light in the dark. I mean, you know, it uh, can get really dark sometimes. <laughs> it can. The funny thing about the darkness is this, is that in the darkness, everything looks the same. You can't see anything, right? You know the diversity that's in this room? Doesn't matter, you can't see any of it. You all think differently, you look differently, you act different. it doesn't matter, you can't see anything. Just bo- roaming around, trying to find our way. And see, I think oftentimes this is what life is like. We're roaming around in the dark, trying to find our way, trying to figure things out. Some of us are trapped in the dark, okay? Some of you, you're you're stuck in an addiction. You're stuck in a stronghold in your life. And you're you're trying to look any other place possible. But all you're doing is bumping into other people. All you are is, is getting lost in the midst of the darkness. And Jesus said, in the midst of this, in the midst of what you are facing here, he said, I am the light. I am the light. And the amazing part is that, oops, there we go. The amazing part is that when you have a, uh, a light in the midst of the darkness, it, it becomes a focal point. Right? Even in the back corner, my guess is even from the back corners of this room, you can see the, the point of the light, it focuses. And the light has this ability to expand, right? It begins to take over. It begins to penetrate the darkness. And in a room that felt very confusing, suddenly there is a direction that makes sense. And see, Jesus came into the darkness. He said, listen, I came to be the light. I came to be the, the thing for you to get your eyes on. Does it mean it's going to change everything you've got going on in your world? Might not. But you know where to look. You know where to put your eyes. said, I'm the way. You're trying to find your way. Listen, come here. Like, I, I don't know the truth. I'm struggling to understand what the truth is. Yeah, yeah, look to me. He says, I'm the life. I, I, I'm, I'm trying to figure out this life on my own. Yeah, yeah, stop doing that. Come here, look to me. And there's a big so what that I could give you this morning. It's simply that, look to the light. Wherever you're at, whatever the circumstance of your life, whatever you're going through, would you look to the light? Quit staring off into the darkness because here's what happens. As we run around on our own, trying to figure things out on our own and never taking the time to pursue the one who's trying to give us light in the darkness. We're just on our own, doing our own thing. And we think it's just, well, I can look anytime I want to. Here's the problem. Is you know what scripture says? It says the enemy of our soul is actually trying to blind us from the light of the gospel. And so we have to be those who purpose in our hearts. We have to look to the light. We don't stumble to the light. We look to the light. Our heavenly father sent his son into this world to be a light, but he does not force himself on us. We have to respond. And so for some of us, you're a follower of Christ, you're a believer, you're a committed follower of Christ, I wanna give you a challenge. Have you been looking to the light? Have you been looking to the light? Has that been the focus in your life? Or have you been caught up with all the other things we talked about earlier? Trying to find direction, purpose, and all the other things. We all can have those moments. I think this morning what what God wants to do is pull us back and say, I need to get back to this. I need to get back to His word. I need to get back to spending time in prayer, actually intentionally pursuing Christ, allowing him to be the light to guide my life, not just going through the motions. It's so easy to do that. But there's some of you that are, uh, walked in the room today and you would say, you know what, I live, I am living the confusion and chaos of the darkness. I am the one in bondage. I'm the one just roaming around, banging into other people trying to find my way on my own, I have not looked to the light at all. See, there's good news. You know what a lighthouse is? Lighthouses are not for when the waters are smooth. They're for when the waters are rough. If you know where the land is, you don't need a lighthouse. But when the waters are really rough, and some of you are there today, the waters have been rough. Jesus is the lighthouse to guide you to his life. The invitation is there, but are you going to respond? Would you bow your heads, close your eyes across the room. Father, we thank you so much. We thank you so much that you are, you are the light in the darkness, Lord. You are the hope for the hopeless. You are the one who can Breathe redemption into circumstances that feel like they're going the wrong way. And so this morning we thank you for that, Lord. God, I pray over those that are right now. They're followers of Christ, but they've been in a place where they've been looking in other places, other directions. And they just need to come back to you again. Once again, to say, God, I want to get my eyes on the light. Even this past week I've gotten off course a little bit. God, would you guide me back home? I'm just going to give you a moment, I'm going to give you 30 seconds right now, just to have an altar moment right where you're at. Would you just on your own, just just surrender your heart again to God, maybe have a moment of prayer to God. Maybe there's something you need to repent of, maybe you know there's something you've been looking the wrong way. I'm just going to give you a moment to do that, and then I'm going to close this in prayer together. father i pray that your light would penetrate every circumstance represented in this room as a room diverse as this room is god i know there are so many circumstances there are circumstances that feel hopeless right now there are those who feel lost right now god i ask that your light would shine brightly and god that you would bring clarity you would bring wisdom you would bring direction father that you would speak your word that you would bring by the power of your spirit bring your word back to mind god and guide lord jesus And, Father, may we be those who are led well, God. Thank you, Jesus. With every head bow and every eye closed, though, um, it's possible there are some here in the room who would say, you know what, I've never surrendered my life to Jesus. I've never looked to him. I am that one in the darkness in desperate need of a light. And I just say this morning, the Heavenly Father stands with his arms wide open inviting you home. See, he sent his son into the world in a manger, but ultimately he sent him to a cross to die and pay the penalty of our sin. And a lot of us, we feel like we don't deserve a perfect holy God. You're right, we don't. But that perfect heavenly father loves us so deeply that he gave his son on our behalf. And if we would respond to this Jesus, we would put our hope and belief in him, we would put our faith in him, we would trust him, and we would submit our lives to him as the Lord over our life, he would give us a brand new beginning. He can wash the old stuff away, the stuff you're embarrassed by, the stuff you're ashamed of, he can give you a brand new beginning. But it only starts when we bend our knee before the king. So if you're here this morning with every head bowed and every eye closed and you Say, I would like to respond to Jesus. I would like to submit. I want to turn to the light this morning. If that's you for the first time or you need to recommit your heart to Christ right now, would you just lift a hand across the room and say, yep, that's me. I want to respond to Jesus this morning. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Those online, I want to encourage you to respond as well. If you want to respond to Jesus, I would just invite you to pray a prayer in your heart as I pray out loud. Jesus, thank you so much for loving, pursuing us, for being a light in the darkness. We just so desperately need you. I admit that I'm a sinner, that I'm broken, that I've had the wrong way, and God, I need you to save me. I believe in Jesus. I believe in his death and his resurrection, and I submit to him. I confess him as Lord over all and Lord over my life. And I want to live for Jesus. Help me on this journey of faith, I pray, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Pray that in the name of Jesus, everybody said. Amen, amen, amen. Would you stand with me across the room? If you made a decision to follow Jesus this morning, it's the greatest decision you could ever make. And I want to give you a a practical step. If you can put up the QR code uh, on the screen here real quick as we wrap up. If you made a decision at the end of the service, this QR code is going to stay on the screen. Would you just scan this and respond uh, and give us an opportunity just to know who you are? Because we want to come alongside you on the journey of faith and help you on this journey, all right? Uh, but I want to give a practical challenge to everybody, even those who would consider themselves followers of Christ. He pull up the challenge here uh, this morning, and it's this. Take an intentional step to look to the light this week. What does that mean for you? To take an intentional step. Not to stumble into the light this week. Let's intentionally look to the light this week. That may mean, hey, every morning you're going to spend a few moments in focused prayer. It may mean you're going to spend some time in the Word every day. It may mean you're going to intentionally, you know, in the car ride, you're going to use that time to spend a little time in prayer, maybe to listen to some worship music. Whatever that requires for you, you're going to have a conversation with another uh, believer throughout the week. Whatever that is, let's be intentional this week about looking to the light and seeing how allowing that direct our lives can influence us positively as followers of Jesus. Amen. I want to pray over you. God, I pray this week, God, I pray that we would look different because we're not looking at everything else. Instead, we look to you, Jesus. Have your way in us. Be magnified in us. Be glorified in us, we pray. And I pray that a lost world around us. God, I pray for those in our offices, those at our school, those in our neighborhoods. God, I pray that they would see something different in us because we look somewhere else. God, that they would see a hope in our hearts. They would sense a joy in our hearts because we're not looking at all the other stuff that makes everybody else depressed. We are looking at our king who is seated on the throne, who has authority and a power in his hands. God, may that do something in our spirits this week and even in our countenance this week, we pray. We ask that in the name of Jesus, everyone said. Amen, amen. I'm going to invite our prayer team forward. Uh, If you're here this morning, you have a prayer need, you got something going on in your life, please allow us the opportunity to pray with you, pray over you. Otherwise, have a great week. We'll see you back next Sunday as we got festive sweater Sunday. Whatever Amber's going to make me wear next week, it's going to be great. Love you all. Have a great week, guys.